1: Welcome back to the Fantasy Pros NFL Draft Show. I'm your host, Derek Brown, and I'm joined, as always, by our lead NFL Draft Analyst, the man that has never seen an NFL Combine prop that he didn't like, (laughs) Thor Nystrom. And on today's show, we're going to be previewing the NFL Combine, running through some of the most notable players at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and yes, tight end, that could swing their stock the most this week at the Combine, Thor Dude, we got a lot of players to talk about, man. I'm excited, baby. The combine being here means we are that much closer to the NFL draft, dude.
0: Welcome to NFL uh, Combine Week. Welcome to, we're about to be in Raz season. We are we're oh. in the heart of draft season now. So, yeah, very excited. and am very excited to chop it up with you today, D-Bro.
1: Oh, baby, Raz season. To those that, uh, that, that celebrate, <laughs> my condolences. Uh, c- c- congratulations. But, dude, let's uh, not waste any time here, baby. I mean, look, so... We were going to dive into props and stuff on this show that had been our plan for the entirety of it. But as of recording this, recording this early Monday morning, we don't see any combine prop lines as those come out. If they come out, you'll see, just follow Thor and I on Twitter. We'll be posting a lot of our stuff and maybe some content over Fantasy Pros, man. But we've got a ton of players to discuss in the show, Thor. So let's hop right into it, man. Quarterbacks. We've gotten word that Michael Penix and a bunch of other quarterbacks, I know you're going to lay out the list, There are guys that are going to throw at the combine and some are choosing not to throw at the combine. Penix being one of the most notable and coming off of what we both agreed was a down senior bowl showing. Really, he needs to nail this and go out, improve the evaluation of the arm talent, Thor. But like, how much do you think this like Penix throwing at the combine can help his stock?
0: I think it does a little bit just in that that's that's his best thing with his evaluation Mm -hmm. is is the arm talent. So it makes all the sense in the world for Michael Pennings to go out there and throw. He's going to be joined by JJ McCarthy, Bo Nix, Spencer Rattler confirmed are going to throw at the Combine. Uh, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels have confirmed they will not. Uh, Jaden Daniels also is not going to athletically test. Still waiting for news on, on Drake May throwing. But it, as far as Penix, makes all the sense in the world he's going to throw again. That's the best thing on his evaluation. So that's important, but, but that's the part of it that we know he's going to do well at. I don't have any yep. questions with that. So like in my mind, it, you're not proving anything to me by throwing because I already know that you can throw and that you have the arm yep. talent. The the biggest thing for Penix at the Combine is something that we don't know the outcome of in advance. That's what are the team medical personnel going to say when they start poking around and looking into his x-rays. Uh, it, into his whole medical evaluation. He needs a clean bill of health from those guys, from those different 32. And, and people out there need to understand, too. It's not one doctor that looks at the, the kid and then gives the entire NFL his report. Each individual medical staff gets to look at him. And sometimes they have different opinions on, on what they're seeing, whatever. It's just like an evaluation, you know, just like an on-field evaluation, whatever. But Penix had four consecutive season-ending injuries at the beginning of his career at Indiana, Two of them were knee injuries. Obviously, he struggles with mobility, different stuff like that. Needs the clean bill of health, like I said. We'll give him, uh, you know, the the benefit of the doubt or the context that the last two years of Washington, he didn't miss any time with injuries. So that's that's the good news of that. But we'll have to see what a he year is back about his medicals.
1: So I, I want to ask you real quick before we jump over to the guy who I think is going to blow it out at the combine and really silence a lot of the haters. Do you think we get any of the reps? Cause the classic combine rep, or at least a lot of the, what we see at pro days and stuff is the quarterback rolling out and, and then throwing on the run. <laughs> we know that's something Michael Penix does. Do you think he does that at the combine or his pro day Thor? <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't know how much Penix is going to want to be moving around while he's throwing. Agreed. I, I, I think he wants his, his cleats glued into the turf and, and just <laughs> doing that. So that's where he's going to put on the show. Uh, I, I think one of the next guys we're going to talk about is more looking to be running around while he's throwing during these events.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, look, we're kind of burying the lead here. I mean, welcome to J.J. McCarthy week, baby. I mean, look, him throwing at the combine, he's probably going to what? I I mean, I haven't heard anything that's saying that he's not going to test Thor. So I fully expect him to do all the testing, at least the 40 at bare minimum. But this is a guy we both love. People that have tuned into the quarterback episode, if you haven't listened to that yet, go back and check it out lot of J.J. love on this podcast, man. But what do you see from him this week? Because I think he's going to light it up.
0: I do, too. I, I think this is J.J. McCarthy week. You know, this is a kid who was not, of course, at the Senior Bowl or any of the, the other All-Star events. So he hasn't been talked about as much as that. His process is just starting now. There's a lot of people out there that will speak at Debro, as you know, will speak on J.J. McCarthy's game on social media and some of these different things that appear to have not watched him before appear to oh, have you're just being been, nice. Let's just say they
1: don't have a clue what they're talking about. That, Let's just yeah, throw it out there.
0: That's right. I mean, they're, they're box score scouting. And, and yep. I think this is, this is McCarthy's first opportunity to be there on national TV. Of course, he's going to be in front of the NFL, in, in the building and, and all the NFL media, everything like that. But this is his first opportunity to get on TV in front of some of these NFL fans that did not see his run to the college football playoff during the fall and into the early winter in college football. Because of the latter part of that season, once he got into the Big Ten schedule, October, November, get into the, the Big Ten title game, then, then the college football playoff, that kid's game really started to take off. And he has tools and physical tools. And I think this is what people don't understand well about him that haven't seen him before. He is a really, really good athlete. Debro. You and I think he, he runs in the four or five, just based on his tape. there has been reports out of Michigan that he has run in the four fours during Mm -hmm. their off season training and different stuff like that. The kid also has an incredible arm The the, the, you know, one of the weirder nitpicks about him on social media is like, Oh, he doesn't have a strong arm. It's like, (laughs) <laughs> Turn on the tape. I, I don't know what else to say. Not only does he have a super duper strong arm, it carries when he is on the move and running, which for most people it does yep. not, including the accuracy, but he can throw those frozen robes on the move way downfield, including to the opposite hash, different stuff like that. So I, I think he's going to light it up during the throwing session. I think any athletic test he does, he is going to greatly surprise people. I agree with you, D-Bro. He should be running the 40, if nothing else. We don't know yet because we haven't heard that side of it. But he's. We also know that JJ McCarthy is going to test incredibly well. Anyone that played with him, anyone that coached him, raves about JJ McCarthy. So this is a big week for JJ McCarthy, and I expect him to blow it up in Indy. We both fully
1: a- agree that we think he's going to run in the four 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 fives. If he goes out and he runs in the four fours, for what I'm going to call it right now, social media is just going to melt down. Like people are going to go insane. You're going to see all this kind of backtracking, and it's really like, well, we always we've already heard rumors of that. So really nothing's changed for you and me. And for a quarterback that I think depending on where his ADP falls, I think that where he goes in dynasty rookie drafts is going to be very interesting. And if you're already trying to get a feel for that, then you have to be using our mock draft simulator over fantasypros.com slash simulator. I mean, look, you can run through dynasty startups, rookie drafts, all these different types of formats. And JJ McCarthy is going to go in a lot of different places. We're going to see that ADP move, especially after the combine week, man. But I'm just going to frame it like this, Thor. There is no better setting for a player like Joe Milton than shorts and sleeveless t shirts. And running and throwing far and all those types of things that can get people to ooh and ah and all types of stuff, man. So, like, I think this is going to be another week, like, where we see a lot of people hyping up Joe Milton. We know he's going to test well. We know he can throw the ball 80 freaking yards. Who knows, on his knees, on his back, maybe, like, upside down. But this is a type of week that's built for a guy like Joe Milton.
0: Yeah, every, Joe Milton excels at everything to do with quarterback play when it is not in game conditions. He oh, has okay, that, so
1: everything but quarterback play. Got yeah, it, got he it. he yeah. has
0: that mm-hmm. he has that bazooka arm, crazy athlete. He has the prototypical frame, 6'5", Believe it was two forty two that he measured in at at, at the senior ball, and the kid is athletic enough where he does standing backflips before the games. Not not even like he just like you know easy whatever. He also hit twenty one point three miles per hour on an 81-yard run against UTSA was not the only run during his college career where he was tracked over 20 miles per hour. So we know he has that too. And then he might enter the NFL with the strongest arm in the NFL. No joke. Um, And if you, you don't want to take my word for it, Bruce Feldman has had him on multiple of his freak lists. In the column that he just put out last week, this is Bruce Feldman's sense. Bruce Feldman, not a guy known for hyperbole, pure, you know, Ink stains, nacho stains on Mm -hmm. the shirt, kind of journalist. The last sentence of his write up on Joe Milton, quote, launching a ball 90 yards might not be out of the question, end quote. I don't know about that, but he could get dang close. He can definitely get it over 80. So we'll see. Joe Milton will put on a show in Indy. Still don't trust him to do the quarterback stuff.
1: No, I don't either, man. I mean, and really, this is one of those types of things that like all the NFL teams have already watched the film on all these guys. They know the intangibles. So when you hear like, and we're going to hear it, if Joe Milton goes out there and when he goes out there and he lights it up and he's throwing bullets everywhere, like if that's the case, you're going to hear, oh, well, Joe Milton's rising in the ranks. I, I'll just say this. NFL teams already have their grades on guys. They've watched all the film and all that kind of stuff. They know how they feel about these quarterbacks and stuff. So you might be hearing that, but I don't think it's true. Like Joe Milton can do a lot of things to help himself in the sense that putting himself in a and on the radar for teams that are willing to take a shot on him in the middle rounds. But and, and
0: Debra, just just to talk about you know the the on field stuff with Joe Milton, mm-hmm. I'm just going to give you three PFF stats for the people out there to give you an idea of what we're talking about. Keep in mind, Joe Milton. Well, first of all, at the beginning of his career, he was coached by Jim Harbaugh, one of the better coaches that we have as far as obviously JJ McCarthy in this class, whatnot. And then the last couple of years, Joe Milton has been playing under Josh Heupel, who has. Arguably the most quarterback-friendly system in entire college football. Yep. Talked about it all Agreed. last spring with Hen and Hooker. He cuts the field in half, so you only have to read that. Generally, you are going to your first read. So keep in mind that context when I tell you these stats. These are PFF percentiles. I'm going to give you three different ones. Oh, Joe yeah. Milton, at or beyond the stick percentile last year, 10th percentile. Ew. Joe Milton, 3rd and 4th down percentile. His efficiency in those downs, ninth percentile. That's when the Ew. defense knew it was coming when he was throwing. And then last one, positively graded throw percentile last year. Joe Milton with his golden right arm, 10th percentile. Hey, I mean,
1: look, if you've ever turned on the film and you looked at the stats for Joe Milton, none of those stats surprise me. It's still painful to hear. But again, we think Joe Milton's going to go out and light it up at the combine, help his stock in that way. But moving over to running backs, man, we got to talk about one of the, I'm not going to say he's the most polarizing guy, but a guy at the NFL combine that needs to go has to go out there and test really well. Bucky Irving, man, 5'10", 195. The questions, I mean, the production is there, man. You can pull up all the tackle breaking metrics. He's near the top of the board and yards are to contact per attempt. PFF rushing grade, all these different types of things. The film is good for Bucky Irving. But what we're going to hear in the process is he's 5'10 and he's 195. Can he be a feature back? Can he be a three down back? Can he hold up to the workload? And the things that can help him with as far as his evaluation and his NFL draft stock, he has to go out and test well. Now, I've seen stuff and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Thor. I've seen stuff out there saying Bucky Irving's been running in the four fours, mid four fours. I think he has to at least run in the four fives. And I think he can do that. If he gets in the four fours, that can dramatic and test well in the short area agility. I think that can answer some of the questions because when you're not 220, 230, you're not six foot tall, things like that. You're not the prototypical size of a three down back in the NFL. You're a little bit more slight. You got to test. Well, man, you got to show that at that size, you are explosive. Do you see Bucky Irving doing that this week? I uh,
0: will. I mean, in terms of the agility, I think he tests very, very well. He's obviously a very slippery and elusive runner, yes. as everyone knows. That's what leads all the broken tackles. It's not because he's a hammerback. The mm-hmm. speed thing is where it gets interesting with him. And I, I agree with the way you set that up, D. bro Of there are, you know, we'll see. We'll see if they end up being optimistic reports or not. But we have seen some of those reports of in the mid four fours. I think that's what he needs to get to to improve the stock a little bit. I think mm-hmm. if he the holding serve kind of uh, mark for Bucky Irving in the 40, in my opinion, is low four or fives. When the the NFS scouting yep. service over the summer, what, what they send out, they had Irving between four or five flat and four or five five. I think if you get over four or five five, I think that is the danger zone for Bucky Irving if he ends up running in the high four or fives. It, that's where people are start going to be start to say, bro, you're, you're five, nine, you're 190 pounds soaking wet. And you lack the high end speed. We like the other stuff. We like the receiving utility. I think it was 85 catches over the last two years. He can obviously break tackles, everything like that. But yeah, he, he needs to show the speed. He is going to show the agility, but we need to see a little bit of speed out of him.
1: If he runs now that this is the danger zone. This is the absolute just panic button. And you, you'll hear the comparisons. If he does not test well, if he runs in the four sixes, I'm just giving the range of outcomes. Again, we talked about, I think Bucky Irving runs in the four fives. I hope for his sake, he gets in the four fours. If he runs in the four sixes, I'm just throwing it out there right now, Thor. We're going to hear the Kyron Williams type of talk, considering his size, considering what he showed in college and the skill set and stuff. Tell me we're not going to hear those types of narratives if he is If he does run a four, six.
0: Yes. Although I will say probably a little bit better of a receiver, but not nearly as good of a pass blocker. Kyron Williams, even at his size, would go in there and scrap. He had a good base, whatever. Bucky Irving is a complete turnstile, but you're sending him out as a receiver every time I'm passing down.
1: Oh, agreed, man. And a guy uh, switching this over from a guy that we have questions about, like not questions about, we think he's going to test. Okay. But he has to prove those parts of evaluation. This guy is a black box prospect at this point, Thor. We didn't get a chance to see him at senior bowl. He was rehabbing from stuff. Apparently he's going to blow it out from everything we've heard on the back end this week. And I'm ready for the coming out party of Jalen Wright, man. How fast do you think he runs this week and how much can he help his stock? Because I've already got a third round grade on him.
0: I think that's where he goes. So we've, we've heard from, uh, you know, different things he he was uh, the number 24 Feldman freak or 2022, uh, yes, sir he's about let's see the last measurements we had on him was a 511 215ish like some somewhere yeah. in there 2 210 uh so w- w- I'm very curious to see where where he ends up weighing in as well but on the field 23.6 miles per hour in practice he has regularly <laughs> gone over 20 miles per hour on the field on on different runs there's reports, and this is a Feldman report of a 44 inch vertical in the past, a 10 8 broad Dear jump. Lord, and Feldman reported in high school he uh, he ran a hand time 428. Here's the thing that that I can report: the thing that I have been hearing is out of the Florida facility that Jalen Wright has been training at, his 40 yard dash times in pre combine training have been eerily similar to what Jameer Gibbs ran the year before at the exact same facility. And that's stuff that is happening oh. in, in the weeks leading up to the NFL oh. combine. And also that he's regularly been jumping over the 40 inches, which is no surprise because Feldman had him at 44 uh, a year or two ago. And and we'll, that might've been the highest he has ever jumped. So we'll end up seeing, you know, with the the, the small sample variants of you just get a couple of jumps or whatever, but he is definitely jumping over 40 inches. And I think he is going to be running in the four threes. I don't think I'm going out on any sort of a limb with that. Jalen Wright is going to be the star at the running back position.
1: I adamantly agree. And if you just turn on the film for Jalen Wright, like you see the burst, you see the juice. And so expecting him to test well should not surprise anybody, man. And just to compare this, yes, Jameer Gibbs, 5'9", went out and ran a four three six. His 10-yard split was in the 83rd percentile at 1.52. I think Jalen Wright can hit both of those numbers. And that might sound hyperbolic. If you think it's hyperbolic, Turn on his tape. Tell me that man does not look like he's shot out of a freaking cannon every time he gets the dang ball. So I'm excited, man. Again, like we're talking about J.J. McCarthy is really going to make himself some quiche, some money this week. I think Jalen Wright's going to do the same freaking thing, man. And for another guy that I don't know if he's going to be cashing checks, but he can at least prove the parts of his evaluation that we need to see. Audrick Estime, man, 5'11", 227, power back. If you look up all the different tackle breaking stuff, eighth in yards after contact per attempt, 15th in elusive rating. How do you see him testing? And I'm going to also add this on top of here, Thor. Tell me how much does he need to show in any of the receiving drills if he does them? Because this is still a guy that, look, we know what he can do on early downs, but as a guy that has never had more than 17 targets in any season in college, 1.1 yards per route run, I think one of the things, not only from his testing, but he needs to do the receiving drills and show well in those to sit here and help his draft stock.
0: Yeah. That's well said. Uh, You know, some of these, these running backs, they happen to get into systems where they feature them as widers or as receivers, right? They let them do cool stuff like that. And then, some guys, excuse me. Some guys, they have they go into systems where they're not used as as a receiver. Or whatever we talked about mm-hmm. this with Marshawn Lloyd, IJ Davis talked to us about this about his experience South Dakota State. Kamani Vidal talked about this at Troy. Like the, these systems that we were in, they just didn't feature us as much as a receiver. It's more or less the same thing for Audric Estime. You're right about his receiving totals. Although I will say, I'm pretty sure that Audric Estime never dropped a ball in college. So the, the targets Ooh. that he did get, he brought all them in. He does have the soft hands. I got to go look this up. We haven't seen him doing the cool stuff with, with the route running. You know, it's been a lot of the dump-offs whatnot, but he is reliable with that. I, I think showing a, a little bit of chops as far as as running some sort of routes, sh- showing some fluidness with, with that would help. We already know that he has the good hands as as far as the on-field drills go. The testing is super important for estimate too, as you were, you were talking about. He's that jacked up power back And for his size, I like his feet enough. Certainly not joystick agility, but he has light feet for his size. You mentioned the tackle breaking. He drops the shoulders. He has really good balance, too. Like, you'll see him take these shots, and then he's immediately sort of centers himself. It might take him just, like, one movement to, to get, you know, back to center. And then he squares himself back up, and he's chugging up field again. Uh, like I said, better receiver than I think he gets credit for. But we'll have to see it as far as the route running aspect of that. But is he a good enough, good enough athlete to be an NFL starter? I mean, that, that's the thing that th- the testing is going to help us to determine. Average acceleration, uh, average speed. I probably would have said below average speed outside of a couple occurrences this year where he put that into doubt. Uh, the big one was in September. He had an 80-yard touchdown run against NC State where he got up to 20.9 miles per hour on that run Estime actually ran away from two defensive backs. That's something that we had not That's seen on see. his fil- film before that. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, prior to that, and even since then, very few 40 plus yard runs against FBS competition. He did have a couple though in the latter part of the season. And, and like I said, that 80 yard one where, I mean, 21 miles per hour is, is no joke. If he can get all, all estimate needs to do is, is what would you say D bro? High four fives, four for, fives,
1: anywhere in the four fives. Yeah, mid and four, five, check
0: the box. Yeah. And, and that's really all that he needs to do. Uh, I saw Lance Zierlein, uh, who just dropped his, his different uh, uh, reports in, in advance of the combine comp estimate to Jamal Williams. That one's perfect. Lance, if you're listening, I'm going to steal okay. that comp. That's a really good
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to your point, Thor, I had to go look this up, man. I mean, uh, estimate I haven't dove all the way deep into his film yet and stuff, but good Lord. 26 collegiate targets, 26 collegiate receptions hit the nail in the head, man. And to your point, I I think especially with the short area, not only in the long speed, but like it shows up in his numbers too, man, as a guy that until last season, we never saw him crest a 30%, 36% breakaway run rate. I mean, he got in the, he got was 44.1% in his final year at Notre Dame. So again, like you want to see that kind of stuff, guys trending up, not trending down. But it, the numbers, it shows up in the numbers that long speed or maybe some of the questions about that. But another guy that's going to have to answer questions here, man, Blake Corum. We know the pedigree. We know coming from Michigan, a guy that was really on the rise. And then 2023, his counting stats are fine. You could talk about the touchdowns and going to Michigan and all those different types, types of things that you want to, but we cannot get away from Blake Corum. What we also saw on the the efficiency side, Thor, And I think he needs to go out and prove that he's all the way back from the knee injury because the numbers are very concerning. If you look at just his yards at the contact per attempt, this is a guy that went from 3.35, which is a passable number in 2023 to 2.42 and, or excuse me, 2022. And in 2023, he went to 2.42 his breakaway run rate fell off the table man who a guy who in his first 2 years was consistently in the 40% range dropped all the way to 31.8% and considering his standing at 58213 I really think Blake Corum has to go out and test well. What would that look like? And do you see Corum doing that this week, Thor?
0: Yeah, he, he has a guy where there's a couple different traits about him that you love. Uh, I mm-hmm. I happened to, uh, running backs with that build, I just love the the bowling ball types. Same. Uh I, Short, re- squatty,
1: and powerful, baby. Exactly. Let's go. I, I,
0: I really like that. And then Corum, you know, in that package... What he gives you, it's the really good agility, um, you know, including out in the second level. He'll start to slalom, go across the field, different stuff like that, cut back. Uh, he just makes people miss so well. And and like I said, in conjunction with that vision, it, it's, it's really cool. The two questions that he needs to answer in Indianapolis, the speed question, what is he going to run in the 40? There was very limited explosive runs and you know, you were sort of setting that up. And then the durability thing, uh, you know, and, and you were mentioning that as well. We'll we'll see what, what the doctors end up saying. But he had that ACL injury in 2022. I think that that helps to explain some of the slow start stuff in 2023. Didn't totally look like himself till about the middle of the season on. Then you started to see uh, vintage Blake Corum. That was, you know, as we got into the Big Ten schedule and then into that college football playoff run, uh, obviously he capped the season in the 15th game against Washington by absolutely dominating them in the national title. We have to give the context of Washington's run defense was a train wreck all season. But Blake Coram, he has 731 touches in college. He's gotten a lot of usage you know, we, we hear this talking point a lot when people are talking about J.J. McCarthy. Oh, but they had the dominant run game. They have Blake Corm and blah, blah, blah. Corm obviously ran behind a really good uh, offensive line in college. So everything set up well for him. He also wasn't used a ton as a receiver. This is another guy where the system wasn't using him uh, that much as far as that goes. So the other thing, the third one that I would mention with him is in the on-field drills, seeing him run around, catching those passes. What what can you show with that? He, he's another guy who, although he was used sort of sparingly, down the stretch this past season during that title run. I liked what I saw of him in some limited sample size receiving looks, certainly as far as the outlet guy, the soft hands, and then you get the thing where he becomes dangerous in the open field because of the vision thing, because of the agility thing. And he has enough power to break those arm tackles. Just need to prove the speed, the durability, stuff like that. As far as the speed goes, uh, Coram did get up to 21.1 miles per hour on a run last year. Got over 20 miles per hour on a couple others. That's kind of where we're sitting in the speed. Just slightly higher than, than estimate in terms of what we've seen with the on-field tracking.
1: Yeah, and just uh, on his numbers one more time, man, and and going back to singularly just looking at certain games, just to talk about how concerning last year was from an efficiency standpoint, and I think kind of like puts a bow on this as far as he needs to prove that he's all the way back. It was bad, dude. Like, he only had two games where he crossed three points, two singular games where he crossed 3.0 yards of contact per attempt. He had nine games last year, Thor, nine where he broke two or fewer tackles. He legit had, um, looking here on his ledger, he had two games where he broke no tackles at all and three other games where he only forced one missed tackle. So really, he's got to come out and prove that he is all the way back, man. And for that type of archetype for running back, especially, again, we're talking about the size. He needs to go out and test well in every facet, improve the health but with, with the times, man. So if you want to build teams that have guys like Blake Coram, they're short, squatty, possibly powerful, can take over the workhorse role, man, you got to head to realitysportsonline.com. By now, I know you, most of you have already heard of Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy teams like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it yet? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about, free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and so much more. You think it sounds complicated? It's really not. The best thing about a reality sports online is the Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time in a standard league. It just requires more strategy. You think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your metal. Still not sure you can head to test out your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction right now. If you like what you see, use the promo code FANTASYPROS. Receive a 10% discount on your team or your league today. That's the promo code FANTASYPROS. Receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at reality, reality sports online.com There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
2: Huh? Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Because you gotta think, Love he's gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on Love top of that,
1: like that, that,
0: ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella. Point game. I remember you came in my room crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember
1: what I told you? I said, I said, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You think I need it? <laughs>
2: Slash iHeart
1: Thor talking about some real things that need to happen at the combine, baby. We have got to see a really fantastic showing for Keon Coleman. We have talked about him as far as on the polarizing players episode. We're going to discuss him in future on on our wide receiver episodes. But for a guy that, if you just look at his profile, you look at the counting stats, whatever you want to look at for Keon Coleman. It's all pretty divisive, man. It's a wide range of things. You can either fall in love with him if you look at certain aspects or you could be kind of like me and fade him. What do we need to see out of Keon Coleman this week for him to really help himself? Because I think his draft stock's going to float between the first round and the second round. What does he need to do to try to insulate himself to stay in that first round conversation? (sighs)
0: He needs to, to test well enough in the speed and the agility drills. What does that we, look like? Would we'll be would we'll be the sharp version of that.
1: What does his 40 need to be this week, man? Because you and I have, I have kind of gone back and forth on this. I think there's a possibility he could run in the four sixes. I think he's probably more likely a four or five guy. And, and his vert is really freaking good. Consider, I mean, it shows up on his tape, man. But what do you see him testing as? Do you think he runs a four or five? Four yeah, six? I,
0: do you think his vert's good or what? Uh, the vert's going to be incredible. That, that's the one thing where, where we know Agreed. Uh the, the speed, you know, that's more, you're curious about that because the ball skills downfield are really good. He can jump out of the gym and different stuff like that, but it's, can he get downtown on NFL cornerbacks? That That's one thing he has to prove. Uh, I, I do think he's going to run right around four or five flat. Um, I, You know, okay. I, I think, I think he's a bit faster than you and it wouldn't, stun me if it was the high high 44s four or like to me it's going to be somewhere if, if i had to guess i would guess somewhere between 448 and 452 that that would be the range that i'm in um the like i said the the jumping speaks for itself i expect that the acceleration to be decent you know as, as far as the 10 yard split stuff like that the but i need him to prove that though cuz there is questions about that and then mm-hmm. the 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 big one too is he going to do the agility drills or is he going to duck them? If he does the agility drills, how will those be? We've seen receivers like this that have the similar skill set where there's big questions about the agility profile, flat skip them. We've seen other ones where they do them and then they fall on their face. DK Metcalf, I'm looking at you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Coleman has the size, the prototypical size, and the really, really good hands. Uh, and he's shown that he can do stuff in contested situations as well. Like I said, the jump ball guy downfield. Former uh, – <laughs> basketball players speaking of the jumping not only that was really good in high school he played for Tom Izzo at Michigan State and Tom Izzo obviously is one of the great uh, college basketball coaches of all time And then, you know, of course, like he was going two ways at Michigan State just for a little bit. Then he, you know, decided to focus on football. Of course, then he transfers to Florida State last spring. Um, And then this year we had that weird season where more than 30 balls that were thrown at him were charted as not catchable. He typically caught the stuff that was in his sort of vicinity, whatever. But, yeah, I I think what's going to happen with the agilities and then exactly where does that. Is he closer to the speed that I think he is or is he the closer to speed that, that you think he is?
1: Yeah, I, look, I, I could see him possibly getting in the in the four fives. If it is, I think he barely ekes by and I think he gets into like the high four fives. I think he's more likely a four six guy. But if it's, here's the thing. If there's any questions about that, like if he's been testing and his agents have all then, you know what he's running. So for me, like if I'm his agent, I'm saying, OK, if he's running in the four six, he's not running the 40. If he can go out there and get in the four fives. And this is only like because we're only counting your best attempts. So if he goes out there and he runs a four six, four six one, a four-five, eight, then fine. Then he let him run. Let him run the 40 if he gets into the four fives. If I'm Keon Coleman, I'm running the 40, I'm doing the vert, and I'm out. Like I'm not doing the short area. I'm not doing any of that other crap. I want people to sit here and say, I'm gonna look, go back to my tape. I'll show you on my tape that I'm that I'm agile enough, especially if he's not gonna test well in those parts. But moving over to a guy that we think kind of probably tests out the freaking gym, Thor. And this is a guy that's the size of a damn gym. Johnny Wilson, baby. I mean, look, we 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 gushed about him going into Senior Bowl. He, he, whether, and we never got reports on that. We're hoping that he does test because if he did leave Senior Bowl immobile Mobile with any type of injury, maybe he doesn't test. But we're, we're going to operate under the assumption that he does this week. I've seen reports that he's running the four fives before. Thor if he does that at his size oh baby Talk to I'm, I'm here for the Johnny Wilson hype machine because if you look at his analytic profile man it's pretty we've seen what he could do on the on the field man I want him to go out there and show people but do you think he does that and where do you think his athletic testing comes down I mean 40 vert, all those types of
0: things I I need I think he needs to run in the four fives and the reason that Agreed. I, I The reason I think that is because Johnny Wilson is adamant that he is going to play boundary receiver in the NFL, that he wants that opportunity. He He did not want to test or I'm sorry, he did not want to practice as the big slot uh, tight end fella when we were down at the senior ball. He wants to be the, the outside guy. And after the last two days or the first I'm sorry, after the first two days of practice down in Mobile, he felt he had done enough and he pulled out of the last day down there. He obviously that's what he wants to be. Johnny Wilson's agility is not going to be very good. I, in fact, I would expect that he wouldn't do it. Uh, the agility drills that okay. follow in Hakeem Butler's footsteps, and 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 skip those, whatever. Because for of Keon Coleman, Keon, Keon
1: Coleman's foot- footsteps
0: for the Keon Coleman's going to be faster than that. You know, w- with all those things in mind, he needs to test uh, decently fast. Uh, mid, mid mid four or fives I think is is right around where, where he needs to be just because of that he needs to show that he has that special sauce of the ridiculous size the catch radius and then that north south stuff we know that uh the, the jumping is there and the explosion so the split should be pretty good uh he had a uh he has a, a reported vertical jump of 35 and a half inches a broad jump of 105 and then his highest game speed that we have on the tracking 21.2 miles per hour so that's what we need to see okay. the, the agility i would if i was his agent i would tell him not to do it but that's that would just be me
1: yeah no i i, I adamantly agree man it's it's these types of forums it's how can you help yourself and the things that are going to hurt you then what's the point why are we doing that and and that's what always kind of floors me it's like we see guys i'm looking at you k sean Boutte, which like you know, you're not going to test. Well, you know, you've been out there and like the hand times or whatever, like whatever you're getting tracked as, then why are you going to show NFL teams that you are slow? Like just say like, Oh, well I'm not going to test or I'll do it on my pro day or Ooh, ah, oh, problematic hammy. Just, just flared up. Can't run today. Oops. Sorry. Like, why would you even worry about that, man? But uh, from guys that we're worried about the testing, a guy that we think tests well and can prove that, Last year's stats were not a fluke, baby. 5'8", 194, Malik Washington. If you just look at the counting stats last year, Thor, they're amazing, man. Went from Northwestern, transferred to Virginia, finished the season with 111 grabs, second in PFF receiving grade, and 11th in yards per route run. Like, I mean, his ledger is just littered with awesome numbers, man. But what do you see out of Malik Washington this week? And we're... If he goes out and he tests well, where could you see him going in the NFL draft?
0: I I could see him getting him to third round. Am I wrong? I think there's a big band of outcomes here. So yeah, I mean that's by definition it makes him uh, his his week coming up very important for him. He's a guy who earlier in his college career, I mean we didn't talk about him at all. He was at Northwestern. He was a little bit of an afterthought, and then he started to jump onto the scene a little bit. And then when he gets to Virginia, especially this last season, you know goes absolutely nuclear. That was a, what what a, you know fourteen hundred plus yards and the nine touchdowns hundred. Uh, was it 11 uh, receptions last year, but -hmm. a lot of them came near the line of scrimmage. Now this is not necessarily his fault. It, you know, it's not a Malachi Corley thing where he had years and years and years to do it, but he still couldn't Mm -hmm. develop the route tree, whatever Uh, with, with Virginia this past season and their offense, it was, they had to manufacture short touches to Malik Washington to move the ball whatsoever. They had zero running backs, their quarterback situation. They had an uninspiring FCS veteran that got injured immediately this Tony Muscat kit. Then they had to put in a true freshman Calandria, who, I mean, at this point was not ready to play. So they had to do the short stuff. He couldn't sit back there in the pocket, read the whole field, whatever. Malik Washington was their only source of offense. So it, this was more utilitarian as far as it goes with the Virginia offense as a whole, then he can't do the other stuff. So, so the other stuff is what you're sort of thinking about for his NFL projection. We know he can catch the ball short, Get, uh, create a little separation to to open up that window right after the snap, whatever. And then we can know, we know that he can run with the ball afterwards. Cause he's, he's, I mean, you can think about him like sort of like a Corley in this regard that he sort of has the build of a running back and he runs mm-hmm. with that sort of power. I like his agility. The big question with him, it's the speed thing. And, and that, that not only goes with the athletic profile, it goes with the idea of could this guy win intermediate and down the field. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, it's a big question with him. If he comes in at his size and runs in the high four or fives or the, even the low four sixes, mm. I think that's where an enormous uh, shadow of doubt has been put over his evaluation. And then you can start to do the thing of, well, I know he had a bunch of catches last year, but he was the only guy they were throwing to him every single time. And it was all these manufactured touches. However, if he tests, at, if he runs faster than that, let's say he's uh, high four fours or low four or fives. You already know he has the agility. Like I said, I, I think he's going to test well as far as that goes. Now you can start to go the other way, and that that area of doubt that is on his evaluation, you can give him the benefit of the doubt on, on that because of the situation he's in, and also say the athletic testing profile suggests he could be able to win down the field too.
1: Yeah, and and, and just to draw, uh, this is not a direct comparison, but we're talking about a guy around a similar size, I don't and I don't think that Malik gets this type of draft capital, but just to put a button on this, Zay Flowers last year, five nine one eighty two, went out and ran a four four. Malik, I'm not saying he needs to get in the four fours, but he needs to run like in the mid to low four fives and then test. If he doesn't get into four fours, if he runs in the four fives, he needs to blow out the short area agility or just not do it because that that that's if you're not going to blow it out, I would rather you just not test and not continue to kind of like hurt your draft stock in that way, but you know I I think he does go out and he tests well Thor but we'll see man moving over to tight ends and these next three guys we're gonna bring up I mean really we should just talk about this as this is the Battle royale the fight to the death for the tight end four maybe the tight end three in this class and these three guys are gonna be duking it out man let's kick this off with Eric Hall a guy that look Going from Michigan to Iowa, six foot five, two hundred and fifty. He has the size. He has the numbers on the on the page. Sixteenth and PFF receiving grade, thirteen yards per route run. How do you think he tests? Because I, I'm going to throw this at you, Thor. I went I went way down the rabbit hole, dude. I found his numbers from one of the Nike camps in 2018. Now he did measure in at 6'4", 214. So a lot of of adjusting as far as like he's gained a lot of weight. He, his size, and yes, he's been in a collegiate strength and conditioning program, but he ran a 495-40, and he had a 4.2 20-yard shuttle and a 34.5 vertical jump. Do you see Eric All blowing those numbers out, or is he going to have a problem testing? Where do you see his week coming down at this week?
0: yeah eric all oh, we have to see if he can even test uh the kid tore his acl in october so i would sort of doubt it for this event what we'll, we'll have to see at the pro day but it might be a wash as far as the test go which i don't it, it's good news for teams that are potentially see him like i do as mm-hmm. far as a sleeper that he's not going to get the opportunity to to answer some of those questions if, if in fact it, it turns out that he cannot because of it but You have two things going on here. It's number one, the the whole medical rap sheet. He also had a season-ending back injury in 2022. That was when he was at Mm. Michigan. He joined Cade McNamara, transferring over to Iowa last season. Looked good at the beginning of the season before he had that ACL tear uh, in uh, October. I thought he was going to go back to Iowa, and at the very last minute, he decided to to jump into the draft. On tape, one of the reasons I see him as a sleeper in this tight end class is because he definitely has the size. And he definitely can play both in line. You can bring him out to the slot. He has the receiving skill, the receiving chops. He also, on tape, in, in my view of it, shows the speed and shows the athleticism. Uh, I think there's an efficiency in his route running, doesn't waste movement, uh, efficiency into and out of those route breaks. Uh, certainly has the speed to threaten this scene. We've seen this over the last couple of years when he has been able to be on the field, not a mauler of a blocker, but knows what he's doing, gets after it, uses his length and then tries to play the angles, whatever. Um, the, as far as the receiving goes, like I said, you see the skill with him. The, the the only thing with the on, t- on the on field thing as far as the tape goes is just want to see a bit more consistency there where sometimes he'll make the really really awesome catches like you saw him dig some balls out at the ground right before they were about to hit there you'll see him uh, spear the ball outside of his frame diff- go up and get a different stuff like that you'll also see the occasional bad concentration drop going the other way so just need to clean some of that stuff up i i think staying on the field consistent consistently will help him out with that obviously he was injured the last couple of years but i think he's a better athlete than those high school Number suggests.
1: Yeah. And 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 I want to throw that out there. And yes, I do we do we all agree that being in a collegiate strength program and conditioning and these kids growing and stuff like that over the next like two to three years, nine times out of ten, do they come out stronger, faster? Yes. But we have to mention it here, man, since we're talking about the testing and whether he's able to or not, or if somebody gets shoved to his pro day, maybe he doesn't test. If that's the case, maybe he could be a value for some team. That looks at the film and says, you know what, we believe this guy, whether it's miles per hour, whether whatever tracking data you want to pull up, or just sheerly for the numbers, we believe this guy can play and we can get him at a value because if he doesn't test, over to a guy that again has the prototypical size, Jared Wiley, six foot six, two fifty-three. This guy has put up some pretty good numbers, Thor. I mean, if you look at yards per outrun versus man coverage, you look at PFF receiving grades, like n- last year. 19th in yards per route run how do you see wiley testing because there's some numbers out there like he's run a 4.840, which really puts him on the fringe man do you think he's gonna be faster than that and how do you see his testing week panning out
0: i think he needs to be yeah i mean you you some Has of those numbers yep. painting him from the the you know more optimistic side of things the other way is this kid's a mediocre blocker. That's being generous. And then last year, second lowest a dot of the entire tight end group had only mm-hmm. two contested catches despite that enormous size, the enormous frame. And he broke only three tackles. If you're getting the low a dot and you have that kind of size, you'd expect that that would facilitate some broken tackle opportunities, but you didn't get that either. Jared Wiley, uh, the NFS that in the offseason, what they sent out to the NFL from his testing was four, eight flat to four, eight, five.
1: Ugh. he
0: really needs to run minimum four sevens or he is yes. in trouble because the rest of this profile does not play. You and I were not super duper impressed with him down in mobile. He nope. does have the soft hand short, but the problem is he doesn't uh, uh, separate at all. So that's why it has to be the the short area stuff for him. But then when he gets the ball, he doesn't break any tackles. So it's like, if he's not going to give you the blocking and all he can do is manufactured short touches It's just not something that the NFL will value, but so he needs to test better than maybe is anticipated right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're running, I I could pretty much say from a fantasy perspective, if you run in the four eights, it's a coffin nail for your fantasy production. The guys that are produced in the NFL running four eights, you can name them literally on one hand. Isaiah likely is one of those guys. Now what his career turns out to be we'll see but likely could change
0: directions and certainly had way better ball skills so he could win down the field a little bit my other concern with wiley is he he changes directions like the Suez uh canal tugboat like so you have (laughs) you have both the lack of speed and then the lack of change of direction it's like yeah i like that you have soft hands and you're big but like how 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 is this going to translate to the nfl if you can't separate you can't run away from anyone
1: no, it's true, man. And like I said, like the names of the guys over the last like 10 to 15 years that have really been fantasy producers. And I'm not going to say just even consistent guys that have run in the four eight. It's not a lot of guys, man. Like we're talking about Heath Miller, Kyle Rudolph, Isaiah Likely. It's a very short list and it's not a pretty list, man. But speaking of short, a guy that measured in, unfortunately, quite short from where he was listed at in college, Jaheen Bell. He's got to go out and just blow up the combine Thor because for everybody out there, and this is not, if you go to multiple stat pages, you go to everywhere. You want to look at all of his, his numbers, his statistical stuff, box scores everywhere. Everywhere still has Jaheim Bell listed at six, three, baby. He's not that tall Thor. We saw it in mobile. He measured in at six one two forty four, And if you don't think that's concerning, Pull up the list of names. Go go Google it. Pull up the list of names of tight ends that have been successful in the NFL playing at 6'1". When you get below 6'3", 6'4", that that list gets extremely short. You get to 6'1", and it's basically non-existent. So Jaheim Bell, again, we're talking about guys that didn't really show us a lot in Mobile. Like, I don't think anybody's walking away from Mobile and seeing your bowl and saying, Jaheim Bell really won the week. He crushed it especially at this size, what does he have to do at the combine in his testing? Cause we've seen reports of, a four, of him running a four or five in high school. He put, he supposedly jumped a 37 and a half vert. Even if he puts up those types of numbers, can that really help him Thor? Because I'm, I'm worried about him. Like measuring in two inches shorter than you're listed is huge,
0: It's not only going to help him, his testing is going to make or break him. This profile requires a really good testing profile for evaluators to be able to believe that it will play at the next level. You're trying to decide, is this guy a quadruple, a tweener? Or is he an NFL move piece weapon? And the testing is is what, what is going to move you on that. On film, you saw all kinds of different stuff, right? Like both at South Carolina and then at Florida State. He has won on the boundary before. Uh, our, our, Brent, our friend Brett Whitefield posted a, a clip of him torching uh, Kamari Lassiter, the projected top 50 pick when Bell was on the outside. Ended up having a 45-yard catch as a boundary receiver. We have seen him in the slot. We have seen him lined up in the backfield. We've seen him in line. We even saw him in 2022 at the end of the season. Uh South Carolina had this biblical plague of running back injuries where they didn't have any scholarship healthy running backs on the roster left by November. So they were they were like, oh, well, let's just move Jaheem to running back for a couple of games. Then Jaheem's running for over hundred yards, sight unseen, as as the running back. So he does a lot of that different stuff. I like the yak as a receiver. And I like at times when he was the featured dude, what he produced. You go back to to 2021. Jaheim Bell had the highest yards per route run season by a power five tight end since 2015. That was 3.67 Brock Bowers had 3.01 in 2022 and last season, 2023, 2.65 that finished fourth and sixth on that list. Number two on that list of Jaheim Bell's 2021 was Kyle Pitts in 2020 his his last season 3.26 four tenths of a yard lower, uh, 0.45 lo- or 0.41 lower. I'm sorry. So Jaheim Bell significantly higher when used as a receiver that season. Like I said, the next season, they were moving them all over, including at running back. Then this past season at Florida state, they had all these different weapons. So he was never the featured dude. They had Johnny Wilson, who we just talked about, Keon Coleman who we talked about earlier in the episode, obviously Trey Benson, then Jordan Travis, he had to be used plenty as a runner as well, d- you know, doing stuff with him while he was healthy, whatnot. So Jaheim Belk became the sort of ancillary guy, whereas trying to use his entire skill set, like at points earlier in his career at South Carolina, he was just the uh, tertiary ancillary type guy on that Florida state team. Maybe didn't use all, all of his skill set, stuff like that. But like I said, there's things about him I like. I like the north-south thing. I like the skill he's shown at all these different deployments, different stuff like that. And I think he'll test well. I want as far as the, the north-south speed, But but he needs to prove that to me. And then also, I would like to see the agility. Uh, I would like to see the the jumps as well for him to prove that as well. If he puts forward a really good athletic profile, let's say 80th percentile, Raz or above, I think that's when you can start to dream on him as this move piece around your offense, whatnot. team like the 49ers, I think, would love a kid like this where you can line him up anywhere. He can do any different thing if he tests well enough. If he doesn't, that's when he's going to be looked at as that quadruple A tweener.
1: Yeah. And if he's a tweener and because we're talking about the size and stuff and if he doesn't test like a a Marvel superhero, then you're talking about a guy that could go uh, if he proves that he is an uber ridiculous athlete, third round, fourth round. If he doesn't prove that at his size, you're talking about round five, round six, maybe he falls out of the NFL draft because here's the thing. What's the role for him if he's not as athletic as he needs to be to win at six one? 240. Like then we're you're you're casting him into what he he's basically just a part-time rotational role. It's like, okay, well then he's Mike Geseckki without the
0: upper receiving chops. He's he's well, Mike more, Gusecki, more like, Mike Mike Gusecki could eat Jaheim Bell. It's more like Kylan Cranson oh, with less that's fair. athleticism. That's fair. Yeah.
1: No, that's fair. And that's that's where I come down. It's like, what would his role be on a team? He's gonna be an only receiving tight end that's not really big enough to play that role. So does he move to wide receiver? Like what would that look like? But you're talking about a guy that goes from third, fourth round draft stock to fifth, sixth round priority UDFA. And it sounds, that sounds harsh, but that big discrepancy in size makes you not just an outlier. It makes you, maybe this just doesn't even happen. And, it, and again, we, when we went to mobile Thor, like I was telling you, I was like looking at Jaheem bell and you rattled off of his analytical profile. like, It's really freaking impressive as a guy that over the last three years, every single season has been top 12 amongst tight ends and Yakpa reception and missed tackles forced. So like the numbers are there, but he has got to back it up with the testing, dude. So I'm excited for all these guys in combine uh, week with JJ is going to go out and blow it up. Jalen Wright's going to blow it up, man. So everybody needs to stay tuned. And look, Thor and I are going to be back next week. We're going to have a treat for you next week. We're going to be recapping the combine. You need to get subscribed to the fantasy pros YouTube channel. We are going to be joined by a special guest friend of the show, Pat Fitzmorris. It's going to be a good time, baby. That's all Thor and I got for you this week. We're out of here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros.